1: It's already Friday. We're here. Guesting Coach Pete Cordelia be with us this hour. An hour to Ole Miss CV The Angelic Tones. Kevin Hagan talking about Alabama. We tape that on Thursdays. Not trying to trick you. We tape that on Thursday. And all the gambling, all the evil, sinful stuff. Hour three with Brad Powers out in Las Vegas. 615 844 5600. That is the call text option line. On Twitter at BillisGing. And you can email the show, billisking7 at gmail.com. Coach Pete with us from not the contiguous United States. He's in the Cayman Islands. Welcome in, Coach Pete.
3: Thank you, Bill. It's great to be with you, man.
1: You you you're you're a lefty. You're a lefty. A moderate pass, and you could hit Cuba where you're at right now. Yes,
3: yes, we could. Um, In fact, we went to uh, my wife. It's her 65th birthday today, and our 40th wedding anniversary. So we we decided to come back to the Caymans, Uh, and we last night we went to a bar called Fidel Murphy's.
1: I thought I was in Cuba. Wow. There was a place. Now, again, this was 30 years ago, but Michelle and I were in a Jeep. We were driving around. We found a house on the beach that also had signs up that it had a bar in it. We went in there. It was somebody's house, and they had a bar in there. Nobody else was in there, but they waited on us. I don't even know. I couldn't tell you. but (laughs) Unique place down here, isn't it? It is, no, I'm absolutely, absolutely. I tell you what, there
3: were a bunch of kids in the water yesterday. One of them goes, "I'm Carson Beck," and the other kid says, "All right, I'm Nico," and I'm going like, "SEC South." Are you kidding? Down in the Cayman, somebody? Yeah. yeah. Wow, those kids were playing. They were playing catch in the water, little football. <laughs> One of them, I'm Carson Beck. Well, that's all right. I'm Nico. <laughs>
1: Wow. Now I can you know, Carson oh. Beck's been out there. Nico pl- played one game. That's pretty good. Yeah,
3: that's what I thought. I was like, wow, this is really great. And then as I was coming I'm down here uh on the beach right now, as we talked, right. there was a rooster this morning. And I said South Carolina's mascot got let out. Oh man. <laughs> so you you're well, All what, this, time, what,
1: what time it, is hey, it bill. There? Hey, Bill, Yeah. it just means more, you know? It just means more. Apparently so. <laughs> Apparently so. <laughs> now, are you on – flying down there, I remember, there's Cayman Kai, there's Cayman Brack. Is that the other island, or I get confused?
3: Cayman Brack is the other island. Uh, we're on the big island, uh, Grand okay. Cayman,
1: like right.
3: Seven Mile Beach there.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's where we were. That's where we were. I, I did not – flying down there, I wasn't aware of all that, and I heard the people talking, and that's the first time I'd heard about the the islands down there.
3: Yeah, it, it's it, – the weather's been great.
1: Coach Pete, in the news that's out there regarding suing the NCAA and – the SEC and the Big Ten with some kind of agreement where presidents and ADs and the two commissioners will stay in contact and troubleshoot, brainstorm about the future. Give us your thoughts on that news from the other day.
3: This is the first step in the breakaway from the NCAA. Uh, The Big Ten next year, with the additions of the schools on the West coast, they go to an 18 team league, Oklahoma, Texas going the sec is 14, 32 teams, Bill. <laughs>
1: That's 34.
4: Yeah, 34.
3: yeah. Excuse me. 34, 34. Yeah. Um, it's, um, uh, it's amazing to me that it's taken this long, but we've been on this track for a long time. Um, uh, I think you and I talked about this at one time. Tom Osborne, when Coach Osborne was at Nebraska, he talked about the breakaway for a long time. Jackie Sherrill used to talk about it for a long time. Now we see it coming to fruition. My my question becomes, what's the purpose of the NCAA right now, especially in college football? They have no subpoena power. Uh, They have to get the IRS involved if they're investigating certain things now you're getting state's attorney generals involved. So it's kind of – we're at a tipping point that I believe you have to say. Are we ready to go to a college football commissioner? I got a guy for you. I think you know who it is. Yeah. He he, he didn't waste any time signing his ESPN game day contract. And – uh, commissioner for college basketball, that'd be Mike Sheshewski. I think Nick Saban would be able to gather the football coaches, get some guardrails on this NIL deal. Um, he, along with Mike Krzyzewski, uh Sankey, Tony Petiti. Um, I, I believe you have some powerful voices in the room to kind of set the record straight, but we're going to go through the 12-team playoff this year for the first time. They're going to see how the money goes. And I saw where SEC is going to get 51.3 million um, this year, up from 49 last year. So the money is going to be so huge out of the 12-team playoff, you're going to have to figure out what's going to happen, not to the top 75 teams. It's going to be 76 through 133. And, uh, that's where we are right now. It's that the SEC and the Big Ten have taken the lead on creating a true Division One in football, and I think this will be done within the next three, four years.
1: Well, the NCAA, I guess, then have eventually just the NCAA basketball tournament, which is theirs. They'll still control that, though, correct?
3: I would think. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the one thing they do a really good job with, the men's tournament. I mean, they've, they've kind of messed up the women's tournament for a while. But, uh, yeah, I, I think the one sole purpose they have right now is controlling the NCAA basketball tournament. But tell me what else the NCAA has done to help student-athletes. And now with – got to be honest with you. The guy I would make as president of the NCAA is Thomas Mars. He has beat the NCAA's brains out in court every time he's had a case. So if you can't beat them, why don't you bring them on board and say, show us how to get this right. Bill, back when you and I <laughs> first started, <laughs> with me and coaching you in, the, in your business, the NCAA rule book wasn't very thick. But the problem with the NCAA is they never eliminated a rule. They kept adding addendum to addendum to addendum and now the rule book is the size of a encyclopedia Britannica. Uh, and some of the younger people out there don't even know what that is. So th- their legal team can't even keep up with all the addendums. And Thomas Mars is beating him in court every time. So if I, if I could make one change today, it would be Thomas Mars would be the president of the NCAA. Nick Saban to be the commissioner of college football and Mike Schefsky college basketball. Let's roll.
1: Pete, you, you're right. back Back in the early '70s, when you were at NC State, were you there when you guys got what they called laundry money? They actually gave you money, and it was called yeah laundry money. Explain how that worked.
3: It was it was a per diem check. We got five hundred dollars a month.
1: Oh, you got that um, much? It,
3: yeah, we got five hundred a month. I think David Thompson had something to do with that. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> Tommy Burleson at Monte You know, we won the national championship in '74, uh, beat Marquette, uh, and the year before they had gone twenty-seven and zero, but they couldn't play in the tournament because of their. Uh, an NCAA violation with David. But um, back then, you know, Tobacco Road was just the premier basketball conference in the country. But all the ACC teams and the players, yeah, we were getting 500 a month.
1: That's a lot of money. Forty. That's 50 years ago. That's a lot of money.
3: Back then, it was huge. I mean, it was like we hit the lottery. We hit the Powerball tickets. Bill, well, if you hear the rooster crow, he's sitting right next to me right now.
1: <laughs> and you're on the beach right now. Yes, I am. Yeah. Everything is so calm down there that you can't even hear wind in the background. <laughs> you can't. You can't. Well, well, it, hey, Pete, what time is it compared? It's six sixteen here. What is it there? Seven sixteen. Okay. So We're you're basically overhead. on Eastern time. Yeah. Right. Coach Pete Cordelli with us this hour. The Tennessee situation. Virginia Attorney General suing. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Hey, if that didn't Kaki, wake anybody Kaki's up, a, that's a <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a game. caught projection right there. Watch out, man. Watch out. I'm, look, got, I'm
3: looking for Shane Beamer.
1: I know. (laughs) I'm looking for Beamer right now walking down the beach. (laughs) Speaking, I I guess what that rooster wants to hear is a couple of days ago, Pete, the coaches in South Carolina, that'd be Coach Beamer, that'd be Coach Devo Sweeney, went to the courthouse, and we'll talk about that, about legislation in the state and we'll get coach beat seeing his buddy the rooster right there when we come back that's pretty good i like that make that make that permanent for the show right there <laughs> <laughs>
5: Good morning, dodging a few rain showers out here in parts of Middle Tennessee. It has picked up with more volume just over the last 10 minutes or so as we stare at it live on 24 westbound uh, by Elmaville Road. All that traffic leaving Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, headed towards Nashville. It's still looking good right now through the Mount Julian area. However, a little bit of radar out there maybe an hour ago on uh, I-40 in the Mount Julian area in Wilson County this morning. Be careful. 24-7 reliable crane and rigging services here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. Check them out at Tomahawkcrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on time traffic.
4: A friend of mine just bought a new house for the first time. A new house. I mean, my wife and I would loved to own a house. So I asked him how he did it. And he smiled and he said, he went to the knowledge tree. <laughs> he had this happy look on his face. So I told him to tell me more. And he said, John, the lack of knowledge will keep you poor. Then he handed me a brochure. It was from Knowledge Tree Mortgage. Now I understood. And after one phone call, I understood even more. Knowledge Tree Mortgage specializes in first-time homebuyers. Folks like me who get the runaround from banks. And he got us pre-qualified. Knowledge Tree Mortgage got us our mortgage. And tomorrow, my wife and I are going to become first time home buyers. Here's the number 859 9599. 859 9599. Money doesn't grow on trees, knowledge does. Knowledge Tree Mortgage. 859 9599. 859 9599.
2: In a
0: single moment, everything can change. This is the Greg Vogue and John Burton Show.
1: And you got to hand it to the Chiefs. They're a championship organization, championship pedigree. Mahomes is a winner. I think he's the new Brady. Travis Kelsey hasn't really played all that great all year. Dropped a lot of passes. He played like a man possessed. You know, 11 targets, 11 catches. The Chiefs proved you never underestimate the
0: heart of a champion. Greg Fogue and News Channel 5's John Burton. WNSR. Nashville Sports Radio.
6: Get in on the Bill King Show.
1: Hey, folks, quick note. For now, just just for maybe this hour, I know there are a lot of messages out there, communication, and you want to talk to Coach Pete. Email those to me for now. BillisKing7 at gmail.com. I'll get them easier that way. Just email them, and then I'll uh, – hopefully we'll be back to uh, – the text line is fine. The t- nothing wrong with the text line. But right now, just email. Or if you've got something on Twitter, also email. BillisKing7 at gmail.com. Because something is wrong with my Twitter right now. I don't know what it is. I discovered it about 15 minutes before the show. And I've been scrambling ever since. Pete, I tell the rooster we're good with that. He can keep on doing what he's doing. We're, we're at peace with this. Tell, hey, what do you think about the news where the state of South Carolina is kind of trying to do what Missouri's doing, but but and that's control the legislation and uh, the schools inside that state pay the players directly? That would be a law.
3: I think it was a great move uh, by all three coaches. Uh, Tim Beck went as well from uh, Coastal Carolina uh, to join Dabo and, and Shane. And uh, when you have 14 states that already have the NIL pass for high school players, right? Dabo's been getting criticized for not using the portal in NIL like everybody else. Um, you know, I think they finally took a step forward and said, look who we're competing against and how it's going for us we need this to be able to compete on the same level. And I I think those legislators understand that, and it would not surprise me to see that pass in South Carolina. Uh, Remember the flag issue from the state a few years ago, and they had a number of events moved out of South Carolina. And, you know, it, it seems like the state of South Carolina is always after the fact. They're playing from behind a little bit. This would put them on a level playing field. I thought it was a great move by all three head coaches.
1: Why do you think, and he's won two national championships, he's done a fantastic job, but why is Dabo Sweeney hell-bent on not necessarily upgrading the business model and entertaining transfers because I would assume Clemson's a very attractive transfer destination option if available?
3: That's the $64 million question. A lot of people in the industry are asking the same thing. Uh, and look, the guy that was his position coach at Alabama is now his special assistant, and that's Willie McCorby. And Willie is one of the all-time greats. Woody McCorby, excuse me.
0: Yeah.
3: And Woody's one of the all-time greats. And uh, I, I have no idea why Dabo seems to be the lone holdout in this whole process. It, because it's not like Clemson doesn't have money. I mean, I can remember back in 1972, going to Clemson to play, and they they have a big sign for the Ipte club. And I said, what's Ipte? And they said, I pay 10, I pay 20, I pay 1,000, I pay 10,000. That was your booster club, and You know, Ipte has not gone away. So, I don't understand why he hasn't done it yet, but maybe he doesn't feel like they have the right person in the NIL department to run it.
1: Because, Pete, if I'm at a power like Clemson and I know I can go patch up a spot on my roster or maybe a couple of them, and I already know what this guy can do because he's done it in college. Why would you not want that option? I just, I know we don't have the answers here, Coach P, but it just makes no sense.
3: Yeah, I mean, you don't have to go full
1: speed ahead. I mean, you can do
3: it on a limited basis for certain guys. But look, Danny Ford was very successful at Clemson. All right. We all know about Danny's success. Uh, Clemson's been a place where they have won, but I don't understand why Gabo's not using, uh, NIL more frequently than what he's doing right now.
1: I don't either. Yeah, it's, that's a tough one. Have you been to
3: Clemson, Bill? Have you been I, there?
1: I have, yes. Yes. You
3: know where the lake is outside the stadium? Yep. They have that island out there with the barbecue pits and things. And, uh, they take recruits out there, you know, during recruiting and <clears throat> on pontoon boats and they would have a big party on the island. Well, when Danny Ford was there, he would tell the assistant coach if they had a young guy visiting who wasn't committed to Clemson yet, he'd tell the, the, the assistant coach with the young guys, like, Coach King, uh, go get Joey Smith. Let's go out on the pontoon boat and have a have a little conversation. See where he's at. So, they'd put Joey Smith and you as the assistant coach and Danny would go out and they would stop the pontoon boat halfway between the island and the dock. And Danny would say, son, you, know, what, what are you thinking? And you know, why, why haven't you committed to us yet? And you know, <laughs> the kid would give him an answer. And then he'd ask him, young man, do you know how to swim? The kid would look at him and go, well, what do you mean? He said, well, if you don't commit to Clemson, I'm going to make you jump off this pontoon boat, and you can either swim to the dock or swim back to the island. It's your choice. But you don't commit to me, you're not riding on
1: this pontoon anymore. (laughs) Danny. Yeah, and he's got his farm over there still, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's got his ranch. He's got all his cattle, and he's doing
3: well. Danny's a heck of a football coach.
1: Tough guy, too, right? Very tough-minded guy. Yeah. Always had a chew-in. Shoot.
3: I don't know who who kind of got spray on you more, either him or Lou Holtz, but both of them, when they spoke, Danny's was brown, loses is white.
1: When, when 1978 happened with Woody Hayes and Charlie Ballman. Danny was on that staff, right? For for Charlie Powell, was he? Yeah. He was, okay. Yeah. They they say yes. to this day, and and I've I've known Danny a little bit. Uh, had lunch with him <laughs> through the years a couple of times. It's been a while, but and I never thought of this, but I am told that if you ask him about that incident, he will not talk about it. what well, even him that was nope. involved in it. He will not talk about it. No. Nope.
3: No. Nope. That's exactly right. I did
1: not know that. Danny said, "Yeah,
3: it's one thing he won't discuss."
1: Wonder why? Yep,
3: it's my understanding he didn't want to be critical of Coach Hayes and oh. how it all went down. He he just didn't want to give a a negative view of Coach Hayes, and he said, "I have too much respect for Coach Hayes, and it's sad that it ended that way." That's the only thing I've ever heard him say about it.
1: Right. Right. I, th- I, I never, when I had been with him just a few times, I never thought to ask that. I'm kind of glad I didn't. <laughs> he might have punched me. But I, <laughs> <laughs> He used to, you
3: know, Danny was an old offensive line coach. He'd get in there with those old linemen. He, he'd play guard, he'd play tackle, he'd show them how he wanted the footwork and the blocking. And he doesn't load on some of those scout team guys every now and then.
1: (laughs) I remember, Pete, it was right after the 81 season they won the national championship, and it was the next spring. And that's when ESPN was just a couple of years old, and they were needing programming. They were broadcasting from the Clemson spring game, again, the spring right after the national championship. So that would have been, what, the spring of 82. And yes. yeah, and they're, they're in the booth, and Danny is up there with them. Now, I don't remember. He wasn't there the whole game, but this is a spring game now. And he's talking while the commentators are talking, and the game's not going well. And right in the middle of the conversation and the interview, he gets up, Pete, leaves the booth, goes down to the field to start screaming, never comes back up. I vividly remember that. <laughs> spring game, spring game. Oh, yeah. Oh,
3: yeah. Yeah, there's uh... – you know, Bill, back when when spring was 20 practices, not 15. Right. Uh, and there were no limits on days and pads. Ooh, you talk about a grinder. Golly. Everybody used to talk about two days in August, but you knew two days would be over. Yeah. As a player back in the 70s. We never knew the days we weren't going to be – in I mean, there was one spring we went 20 straight days in Pat at NC State.
1: And, you know,
3: there weren't any limits back then.
1: And God knows – this is Lou Holtz running this practice, so God knows what that was about.
3: Oh. And, and look, if, if so, you know how the Hornets go off every five minutes to get you to the next period? Right. And most times the practice schedule is posted and it's like 26, 27, 28, 29, 30 periods. And and every day it would change. Well, if things weren't going well, he'd tell the manager blowing the horn, don't blow that horn again. And he'd tell the film guy, go back to the beginning. We're going period dark, which meant there was no time limit. (laughs) Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, some days, shoot. We didn't know if we were going to make it to dinner, and we started practice at 3 o'clock. <laughs> Those were the old days, man.
1: Michael here on email, billisking7 at com. Tell Coach, listening to that rooster in the background made me go to the drive-thru and get a chicken and egg biscuit. Yeah. <laughs>
3: I think some guys here on the beach were collecting eggs <laughs> as the rooster was walking around. I
1: love it. <laughs> Peter in Syracuse. Guys, I've been to Grand Cayman probably a half dozen times. Best dinners you can ever have. Coach Pete, if he ever has been, that chicken, chicken is a great place for you to go to.
3: Man, I love that recommendation. Thank you.
1: Might have to go there for
3: lunch today.
1: Yeah, that's from Peter. Peter's a big Syracuse fan, and the conversations we've had here more recently is he's worried about what their future is with the Big Ten, obviously, and the SEC separating out a little bit. Nothing official yet, and if if schools like Syracuse are just going to be left with table scraps.
3: I don't think so. You know what? Hiring Fran Brown... I thought was a great move. Yeah. Um, he will recruit like crazy. He is the second coming of Kirby Smart when it comes to recruiting now. Fran Brown is nonstop. And uh, I believe John Wildhack is still the athletic director there. And, and John knows the importance, obviously, after coming from ESPN, of how important it is to put a, a good, consistent product on the football field Uh, especially going into the 12-team playoff. You know, Dino, he was up and down. I mean, one year he'd be really good, and next year it would be down a little bit. But I I think that uh, Fran Brown's going to get it going, and I think Syracuse is going to be just fine. There's a lot of talent in the Northeast right now, and I know if he feels like he can keep those kids at home, uh, they're going to be just fine. He also...
1: Fran Brown had some success in the transfer portal too. well, they, they they heard about the chicken and egg biscuit, and he's
3: back, my man
1: rooster. The, the sun's up, right? Uh, What's the point? What's the point of of crowing like that? Not not
3: yet, not quite. We've still got a little cloud cover, but I think it's try, the sun's trying to break through. but uh, yeah, Fran had some success with the transfer portal. Uh, Brought a couple guys from Georgia with them. Uh, They're going to play very good defense. I know that. Uh, And obviously getting a quarterback from Ohio State, they have a chance to be pretty good on offense. So uh, I would not be shocked to see Syracuse in a bowl game mixture.
1: Coach Pete, let me tell you a story about how I almost got divorced in the Cayman Islands. You ready? Uh oh (laughs) Yes, sir. We fly down after our wedding. That's our honeymoon destination. We've had a couple of uh, Bloody Marys or something on the flight, right? Get there. We're sitting on the beach. She looks down and says, where's your ring? I said, it's right on my finger. She goes, no, it isn't. I had no ring. Okay, this is one day, right? The next morning after getting married, next day after getting married, and that sand, which looks kind of gold, right, It's she. we yeah. started looking. Thank God I didn't go in the water because if I would have, we never would have found it. She looks down and sees the ring in the sand kind of down below is caked with sand around it. The luckiest oh, moment man. of my life. <laughs> I'm serious. I love it. Uh, and and I'm I'm Pete. Uh, I'm ashamed to say that I think the, we'd had a couple of too many, and I didn't even know that thing wasn't on my finger.
3: Well, that happens. But you're exactly, I'm looking down, saying now you're exactly right. It, it's
1: yeah. Drop your if you got your finger. Dr- like drop gold. it down there and see if you can find. it. <laughs> yeah, no. I'm not ready to do that, especially yeah. today. <laughs> yeah, now, today's not the day, right? It's not. <laughs> no. Today's not,
3: like Andy Reid said, today's not the day he's retiring. Today's not the day I'm not wearing my ring. All
1: right, more coach Pete as we continue. I'm the Nashville Hotel.
5: morning. It's really starting to load up now with more volume just in the last few minutes on 24 westbound coming out of Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, uh, up through the Antioch area. It's pretty busy over here now on 24 west at Harding Place, but at least it's moving. We see some rain showers moving through certain parts of Middle Tennessee this morning. It's increasing with that volume through Kingston Springs on 40, going eastbound coming in from Dixon County. Lots of radar in parts of Dixon County this morning. Princess Hot Chicken, they've got you covered for the big game on Sunday. Check out their menu, princesshotchicken.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on time traffic.
0: Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million. All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could, too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: Your brain is an amazing thing. But as you get older, it naturally begins to change, causing a lack of sharpness or even trouble with recall. Thankfully, the breakthrough in Prevagen helps your brain, and actually improves memory. The secret is an ingredient originally discovered in jellyfish. Based on a clinical study of subgroups of individuals who are cognitively normal or mildly impaired, Prevagen has been shown to improve memory.
1: You enjoy the thrill of gambling, but what happens when it becomes a problem? Whether you want to cut back or quit gambling altogether, the Gambling Clinic has been helping people change their gambling for over two decades. We're here to help, not to judge. The Gambling Clinic is a Tennessee-based clinic offering in-person and telehealth support to help people win back their life. Visit us at thegamblingclinic.com. This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services. It's a Bill King Show.
6: The world's largest indoor cocktail party, The Bill King Show.
1: Coach Pete with us. He's in the Cayman Islands. He's on the beach down there, actually. There's been a Gamecock down there crowing most of this hour, which is certainly invited. We're good with that. I got no problem at all with that. Coach Peach, what are the staffs doing right now in February? We're past signing uh, day of this early signing period. We're not past it. We're in it. But most all that work is done What's the preparation like right now?
3: Uh, some, some coaches will give – some head coaches will give their staff off like after sign-in date Wednesday. Right. Uh, they'll give them off the rest of the week. And uh, some guys will take off all next week as well. You know, December, Bill, has turned into such a hectic month, especially with the early signing period and if you're getting ready for a bowl game. So this is a time to kind of recharge. And then once you get back in the office, uh, start preparing for spring practice. And uh, you're going to review your roster, figure out your depth chart to start for the spring, and then start your spring installation. Uh, you'll start going back over your, your film cutups, uh, offensively, defensively, what you want to keep in the spring, uh, what we need to improve on you have to have a list of the players coming off injury and who are red shirted, who you're going to try and get more playing time along with the new players from the transfer portal. And uh, then you're going, one of the other things you're meeting with is the strength coach, your trainer, uh, your equipment guy, Uh, because those guys have been around these players and these young men since January, since spring semester started, and you want to find out what kind of guys they are. And nobody in the football program has more contact with your players than your trainer, your strength coach, and your equipment guy. And you get a whole new perspective on who are pretty good guys or you know what, some guys got a little attitude issue and that's for the assistant coaches to check. The other thing you're checking on are grades. Uh, You want to make sure there's no academic issues and everybody's on track. So a lot of in-house things that are getting done right now.
1: With December being so busy and busy is an understatement. Let's say chaotic. I don't don't know how important it is right now, Coach Pete, because of all these other issues that seem to be more demanding, like the Big Ten and the SEC and that topic. But – There had been some talk about what to do with an early signing period. It's just, I guess it's working out somewhat. February, the first Wednesday in February, which for all of history, Pete's been the go-to, right? A crescendo builds up to that day. Now it's very anticlimactic. What do you think would solve this? What do you think they may want to do with that whole mess? Well, the problem, Bill, is if you remember, the
3: early signing date, we've always had that because that was when the junior college guys could sign. We've always had an early signing date, right? just not for high school players. It was junior college guys could sign so you could get them in in January. So now what happened is they opened it up to everybody. Now we have kids reclassifying so that they can go and join the team for bowl practice before Christmas the four teams leave for the bowl. Uh, I I just believe that that early signing date, the only thing I can see now is let a guy sign as soon as he knows he wants to commit to a school. Parents, coaches, people get worn out with all the phone calls and things like that. And I just think of a young man, he goes to his five, six camps and does all these things, if he knows where he wants to go, let him sign. And there are enough support staff people in the recruiting department, in the transfer department, NIL, that you could get this done and and really make it pretty easy. The one issue that has always been brought up is if you went to an early signing date in July or August – how many high school kids would opt out of their senior year because they don't want to get hurt and lose their scholarship? That's been an ongoing discussion for years. If a young guy signed in August with School X and they said, you know, I I don't want to risk getting injured and lose my scholarship to this university, I think that becomes a major issue of seniors opting out of their their final year, because that's not fair to their team, their high school team, just like kids opting out of bowl games in college.
1: Pete, didn't we have – I think we've had a little of that. It's very, very minuscule, but I believe in 2020 there were some seniors. I don't mean states where they canceled football, but I remember some seniors, a couple, opting out that year. Just opting out. Now they were big yeah. names so they weren't they weren't gonna lose their scholarship. They were big names. Exactly.
3: And but then it becomes the trickle down effect, you know. Yeah. And today with the third parties that you have involved in recruiting, you don't know who kids are listening to anymore. I mean it's like college basketball twenty years ago when the third party got involved. So now we have it in college football and uh there are a number of young men getting bad advice out there. I, I, I just... The one negative about the early signing date before yeah. that December
1: signing date is
3: we don't want kids opting out of the senior year of high school.
1: Boy, that would be... That's another floodgate. We would be horrible. Oh, man. <laughs> and... That would be horrible. Let's say not only have you signed in July, but you've been promised a lot of money, which is even more incentive not to go get hurt.
3: Well, I think that's why we need a commissioner of football, because something's got to be done with giving these kids all the money up front. I think you got to do it like the NFL. You get a game check every week, and if you decide to opt out and not play in the bowl game, you don't get the full amount. If, Coach If, B- if it's If it's pay for play, you got to go play.
5: Good morning. A couple of accidents still getting some attention out of here. It actually looks pretty good right now on 65, working your way up through Williamson County from Franklin into Brentwood. We are dodging a few rain showers in certain parts of Middle Tennessee this morning. It's busy right now as we check it out live on 24 westbound. All that traffic coming in from Murfreesboro, Rutherford County, up through Antioch, through Laverne as well. It's uh, clear it's a moment. Vietnam Vets, we expect that to get a little bit busy here in a few minutes westbound. On Vietnam Vets coming through Hendersonville, a 24-7 reliable crane and rig. Rigging Services right here in Middle Tennessee. It's Tomahawk Crane and Rigging. Check them out at TomahawkCrane.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic.
4: It's just a few cocktails at happy hour.
5: There aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a
4: few. It's no big deal. It was just a few drinks. I'm good. Hey, I can hold my liquor.
0: I drink and drive all the time.
1: Oh, beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February
0: Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. It's the McFarland Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane. All throughout their coaches, whether it's exotic, smash, Mouth, whoever you want to plug in here, down to the coordinators, was run the ball and stop the run. That's what the Titans have been about. The new head coach says something very, very different. DJ Damon, one more time. The, the teams that, that win the most games are generally the teams that pass the ball the best. The McFarlane Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNSR
6: the arena of ideas is now open for your telephonic interactions 615-844-5600 the bill king show
1: He's down in the Cayman Islands on the beach, hanging out with a rooster, having the time of his life. Got another segment with him right here. Coach, Joe in, where is this? Statesboro, Georgia, wants to know, is Brock Bowers a top ten overall pick?
3: Yes. Yes. Uh, I think. He will end up in San Diego. Excuse me, with the Chargers in LA. Uh, I believe he is the missing piece for Justin Herbert with the Chargers and Jim Harbaugh.
1: Wow. Does he have? Yeah, I, a, I think. Is he a tight end? Do you make him a receiver? Is he a hybrid? What What would you do with him? He's a hybrid. But, as you know, Bill, once you
3: get into the NFL, they'll put more weight on him, and uh, he'll end up being a tight end in two, three years. But there's some guys that have come into the league a little undersized, um, but they'll put on enough weight that uh, I think he'll be a great addition for Justin Herbert. And with the way Greg Roman runs the offense, the tight ends are involved quite
1: a bit. Brock Bowers and Jim Harbaugh. How about that? And Justin Herbert.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yes.
3: Bowers is definitely a top ten player. He he's it's a shame he had the ankle injury, but he overcame that pretty well. And uh he he's definitely a top ten pick.
1: Why is it that it's so hard, Pete? To find a true sticky cover corner,
3: uh, size number one. Most of those guys that are are pretty good in in mugging receivers or sticking to them or you know playing match. Uh, they're undersized, but they have great feet, hips. Right. You know, and they can change directions pretty quickly. The high cut guys, the tall guys some guys have more trouble changing direction that are high cut. So as they turn their hips, they take like an extra step or a, a wider step. And it's about footwork and getting downhill where the shorter guys, uh, it, it all comes in hip movement and your ability to plant that foot and break. And, um, uh, now you get an exception like sauce Gardner with jet, uh, he 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 was or he is exceptional because he has the size but he also has the lower body the hips and the feet and the change of direction that you need plus he plays the ball near pretty well
1: yeah it's it's very difficult most colleges don't have one now they they put two corners out there but if you think about it most schools most D1 colleges do not have one legit sticky corner
3: no, I mean, the kid from Oregon that went to the Patriots last year, it's a shame he got hurt because he was – I thought he was the sauce gardener of last year's draft. Right. And he started out playing pretty well for New England. But, you know, that's – those guys, big corners that can change direction, break on the football, and and play as a sticky corner, um, they're few and far between right now.
1: No, there's no especially doubt, especially
3: with the emphasis, and you, you, we've all seen this, especially with the emphasis of going to the big receivers. You know, whether it's uh, a George Pickens, or Julio Jones, uh, you know, those types of guys. But it's hard to find those long, tall corners I, that I, can can break.
1: I, I tell this story, and I don't remember the year, but it was about twelve or thirteen. Birmingham SEC Football Media Days, and you know and Brian Benio is with me, and he's in our uh, area upstairs where we exclusively would interview players. And I, and Brian had a friend with him that we let come in there too, and I said, guys, you're about to see a DB, a corner, that you're not going to believe. You're not going to believe this physically when he walks in here. And I said, this guy's jacked up. He looks like uh, the size of he, – he looks bigger than Mike Singletary. He probably is. Patrick Peterson, he was he was oh, yeah. six six one, about two twenty five, two thirty, a corner. I've never seen anything yeah. like that in my life. Hey, you're exactly right. The other kid
3: like that's Jalen Ramsey from Nashville, played at Brentwood Academy.
1: Correct. Um, Correct.
3: Jalen's not quite six one, uh, but he's whoa, he's yoked up and can actually get after it, especially when he's healthy. So, does he come uh, back did he come back he feel, i, I want to mention i, I want to mention a guy by the name of Brian Early who uh just went to Missouri as a defensive line coach left for Houston. uh Early was a high school coach in Fayetteville, Arkansas. He was a defensive coordinator. He adopted a young kid by the name of Gray, uh, dre Greenlaw who's starting for the for the forty nineers right now right and uh you know it, it's going to be fun to watch but early adopted him while he was coaching in high school and then Dre went to Arkansas and what a great story that is and what a great thing Brian Early
1: did. Hey coach enjoy the it's man I appreciate you joining us from down there. Thanks buddy. Coach, Chiefs. Talk to you. I right, we'll see him next Friday. Gotta get the break. The angelic tones of old Miss Evie as we continue.